Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Hi there, and welcome to Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno at highlands.us. Today, Pastor Leighton Sheely continues our journey through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 12 today as we focus in on the body of Christ, the church. Now, we use that term, and it is indeed a Christian term, spiritual in nature. What does the body of Christ actually mean when we talk about it? especially as it relates to you and I and how we are related to one another. Well, that is a question we are addressing today as we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians. And again, we're in chapter 12, Christ's body, the church. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely for today's broadcast of studying verse by verse. And the common denominator for all believers is that we possess the very life of God. Jesus said, Because I live, you shall live also. And John said, He who has the Son has the life. And Paul says, The one who joins himself to the Lord is in one spirit with him. This same Christ life is possessed by every believer. And every believer is therefore a part of Christ, a part of his body, the church. The church is one body because so also is Christ. Now while he was on earth... Christ was incarnate in a single body at a single place at a single time. But now he is incarnate in another fashion. He is incarnate throughout the world in the form of his church. So he's in many places all at the same time. We are the body of Christ. William Barclay wrote, He has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no voice but our voice to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to lead them to his side. We are the body of Christ. Verse 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. What does he say? Well, in our church we have people from diverse and various cultures and backgrounds and situations. We have Filipinos and Chinese and Japanese and Middle Eastern and Hispanic and white. We have young and old, rich and poor. We have male and female, educated and less so. And what brings us all together in unity is that we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, which is the body of Christ. That's what brings us together. And it's unfortunate that the term baptism of the Spirit has been diverted from its original New Testament meaning. You see, the baptism of the Spirit uh, occurs at conversion, when God's Holy Spirit enters into us and we become a temple of the Holy Spirit. All believers have experienced this once-for-all-time baptism. And nowhere in the Scriptures does it tell us that we should seek this baptism because when we become a believer, we have already experienced it, and it doesn't need to be repeated. 
Now, Paul is not referring to water baptism in this verse. Water baptism is a believer's expression to the world saying, I am a Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and my Savior. Now, Paul here is referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which takes place at the transformation at conversion. In fact, it is not possible to be a Christian and not be baptized with God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit brings us into a new relationship with others and a new union with Jesus Christ. Now, we're not told exactly how this is done any more than the Bible tells us exactly how God gives a person a new heart or a new life. Those are mysteries that the Scriptures don't give us answers to, but the Scriptures do give us answers answers as to the roles of God in salvation. The Scriptures tell us that the Father sent the Son, and the Son sends the Holy Spirit. The Son is the divine Savior, and the Holy Spirit is the comforter, helper, and advocate. The Son is the baptizer, and the Holy Spirit is the agent of baptism. It says that we, at salvation, we're all made to drink of one spirit. We're in the spirit who is in us. There's no partially saved Christians. There's no partially indwelt Christians. The spirit of God is not parceled out to us in installments. Uh, John 3.34 says, God gives the spirit without measure. And like being baptized with the spirit, being indwelt by the spirit is synonymous with conversion. It's another facet of it. Romans 8, 9 says, You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he does not belong to him. So a person who does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to God. He doesn't have salvation. He doesn't have eternal life because eternal life is the life of the Spirit of God. Verse 14. For the foot does not consist, uh, body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? What's it saying? It's saying that the body is one living organism, but it's made up of separate and distinct parts that each contribute. And these parts must work together in unity in order for the body to be healthy. And if any part of the body decides to leave or to go on strike, the body is no longer healthy. You know, some of the Corinthians were dissatisfied with their God-given gift. They were jealous of a gift that somebody else had, and so they decided not to exercise the gift that they had. They went on strike. They said, the foot said, since I'm not a hand, I quit. I had no responsibility to the rest of the body, don't belong to the body. I'm my own person, I belong to me. And the ear went on strike because it wasn't the eye. And everybody wanted to be something other than what God made them to be. Now part of the reason for this is a fundamental misunderstanding that some gifts are more important or valuable than others. The fact of the matter is, every spiritual gift is equally important. Some people might think a foot is less important than a hand. But have you ever tried to walk around a few weeks on your hands? And you'll find out how important feet are. Um, You know, feet were designed for a purpose. And it's a purpose different than the hands. And the hands were designed for a purpose. And the purpose is different than the feet. An eye would make a lousy ear. And an ear would make a lousy eye. That's not what the Creator designed them to do. 
Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. See, God designed every believer to contribute something unique to the body of Christ. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift that they've been endowed with by God, as God chose, as he chose. That means we're not accidents. You are not an accident. God brought you here at this time with a spiritual gift so you can contribute to his body, the church. You're not here by accident. And what you were given was not by accident. It was by God's choice and God's design. Now, questioning our gifts is the same as questioning God. And not using our gifts is being disobedient to God. Paul writes, who answers back to God? Will the the, the thing molded say of its molder, why did you make me like this? Or does not the potter have the right over the clay? What was Paul saying in Romans chapter 9? He was saying, he is the potter, we are the clay. And the potter molds us into what he wants us to be for his purposes. Now, because they were discontent and disobedient, the Corinthian believers were also unproductive. They didn't use the gifts that God had given to them. And it seems apparent some of them didn't even know they had a gift. They didn't think they had any gift at all or, or whatever they had was useless. And, and oftentimes what happens when churches in churches, when people who have been given gifts are not using is the church compensates. And so they'll stick a hand in where there's supposed to be a foot and say, hey, do the job of the foot. And I'll tell you, if you walk around for a few weeks on your hands, your hands won't be hands anymore. They won't be able to function as hands because they, they was, that's not what they were designed to be. And so churches say, well, we need this. This is part of the organization. We need a foot to stick a hand in there or stick something else. There are no abilities to substitute for what God has designed and planned. Nobody can replace you. Nobody can replace you. God has designed you just as he desired, as he chose, it says right here. Verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What's he saying? Well, if the entire body was an eye, where would that leave us? Well, you think about it. Now, an eye depends on oxygen and nourishment and cleansing. And all of these are provided through the blood, which is pumped by the heart, which is another organ, and oxygenated by the lungs, which is another organ, and fed nutrition through the intestines, which is another organ, and cleansed by the liver and kidney, which is another organ. So, furthermore, if you think about it, if the whole body was an eye, what good would it be? If there's no muscles to point it or focus it and no nerves to attach to a brain to interpret what it's saying, what good is it? It would be kind of useless. A lung all by itself is kind of useless. A heart all kind of by itself is kind of useless. A kidney all by, all by itself is kind of useless. But when they're all attached together and they're obedient to the head and they have life flowing through them, then they make a wondrous creation. And the only way that a, a body can, 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 can achieve all that it's designed to do is when all of the parts are working together and living up to their potential. What is he saying? This is what he's saying. Every believer needs the church. And the church needs every believer. Did you hear that? 
You're a part, but you need the rest of the church, the rest of the body. And the rest of the body needs you. Every believer needs the church. And the church needs every believer. You know, so there are believers who don't exercise their spiritual gift because they think they don't have one or they're not responsible to the rest of the body or their gift's not valuable or it's not needed. And these are all excuses why people don't step up and do their part in the body. But there's also another danger, and, and that is that there are some people who think that the gift they have is the only one that's important. Um, and, and that's the group that Paul now writes to in, chapter, in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. What is he saying? He's saying not only is it wrong to underestimate one's own value or overestimate the value of another, it is also wrong to overestimate one's value and underestimate the value of another. Well, we are learning just exactly what the body of Christ is. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with us here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Information about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno and Study Verse by Verse can all be found on our website if you'll pay us a visit. Highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, may the Lord richly bless you as you study God's Word verse by verse.